Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, hey everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. Good to be with you, whether you're joining us live at one of our four campuses or joining us online. We believe the Lord led you here. And I just also want to give a special welcome to those of you who are new with us. We're so honored that you've joined us and that you've trusted us with, with your time. We know that's a big deal. Now, this isn't for you, but if you consider Hosanna your church home, thank you for remembering to return your tithes and your offerings to the Lord at, at Hosanna. Uh, there are lots of ways to give. An easy way to get started is to text Hosanna Church to 77977. We'll send you a link, walk you through a few steps, and you'll be on your way. Here's what we want for you. Uh, God, in his word, promises that if we trust him with our finances by tithing, that he will pour out blessings of all shapes and sizes into our lives, starting with greater peace and freedom and joy. And that's what we want for you when it comes to giving. Well, we are in a series, thir the third and final week of a series called God and Trauma. God and Trauma. Why are we talking about a topic like trauma right now? Well, for one, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, also, Hosanna has prioritized this topic. Specifically, we are committed to breaking down the stigma around mental health and the church. There's an unfortunate unhelpful, destructive even stigma around mental health in the church that we feel called to break down. Uh, mental health has been a big part of my story as well. In fact, uh, we are becoming known at Hosanna for be being willing to speak out about this topic. Last week, I was interviewed for a podcast, uh, for a couple of podcasts that are being released, the first one this week, for uh, a podcast called Life Support uh, through Faith Radio. And it's called The Transparent Pastor. All right, so you can check that out. We'll post it on our resource page, the trauma resource page, and, and also post it on our social media sites as well uh, if you want to check that out. We're also talking about specifically the, the topic of trauma because, well, do I even need to say it? The last 14 months or so have been traumatic for all of us in some way, shape, or form. But, but even, even before these last 14 or 15 months, this topic of trauma would be relevant for all of us. And here's why. Uh, we've defined trauma in, the, in this series as any disruption to an otherwise healthy system. Any disruption to an otherwise healthy system. That could be a bodily system, an emotional system, a relational system, a family system, community system, work system. Any system, any disruption which means we've all experienced some form of trauma, some disruption to an otherwise healthy system in our lives. Of course, there's big T trauma, those big T traumas, and then there are also little T traumas, those smaller disruptions that still affect us. So trauma is pertinent to all of us, for all of us. Now, speaking of trauma, have you seen the movie The Crudes? Okay, I, I, I'm not saying that it was traumatic to watch the movie, that it, that it caused some trauma in my life, although I did have to continually ask my seven-year-old what was going on. 
And, and I've never done drugs, but I'm pretty sure that, that that movie is what it would be like to be on drugs, especially the second half of that movie, All right? But, but it is a helpful premise. The premise of that movie, as we think about trauma, is helpful because it's about, it's an animated movie about a, a group of cave people who have experienced some threats, some danger outside of their cave, outside of, they are in direct, direct proximity to their cave. And as a result of that, they stay confined to their cave and the area right around it. Because of their experiences, their trauma, they, they have come to believe that the world out there is, is scary, that it's not safe. And that's the effect that trauma can have on our lives. It, it sends the message that the world out there isn't safe and and so we stay confined to our caves, figuratively speaking. Or our worlds become smaller and darker than they would, than they would otherwise be because of the disruption of trauma. In the movie The Crudes, the daughter eventually discovers that there is a bigger, brighter world out there beyond the confines of their cave that is smaller and darker than it would otherwise be because of the experiences that, that they've had. And she wants to experience that and eventually her family ventures out into that bigger, brighter, more colorful world and then the movie proceeds from there. I'm not going to ruin it for you, though most of you, based on my description, probably won't watch it. But that's, that's the experience of trauma. The experience of trauma, our world's becoming smaller and dark, darker and then the possibility of healing from trauma, that there is a bigger brighter world out there that God wants to show us, that he wants us to experience. In this series, we've been going through Psalm 139, and uh, this has been part of our journey, a healing journey through Psalm 139, and we've encouraged you to pray into this psalm, to pray out of this psalm, to soak in this psalm, and I hope you've done that. I'm going to read a couple of verses right now from this psalm, which was written by King David, who was no stranger to trauma. He lived 3,000 years ago, and he was intimately familiar with the impact of trauma in his life and in the human experience. And as I read these two verses, I encourage you to personalize these words. Verse 23, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. These verses cover the trajectory of our series so well, from validating the pain, the reality, the impact of trauma in our lives to the possibility of healing from trauma and the trauma responses that we, that we have in our lives. We started week one by identifying trauma, that we need to name it. We need to name the trauma in our life, not only the trauma experience, but the impact that trauma is having, how trauma is causing us to act or think or talk in ways that we may not even realize that that's being driven by a trauma response, but, but that's happening within us. And King David, he's very familiar with how trauma works. And he's praying, God, show me any path of pain I'm walking on. Help me to sift through my anxious cares. I invite your searching gaze. Help me to find out everything hidden within me. 
Again, as we've been saying throughout this series, that trauma is often affecting us behind the scenes. It's running in the background and we don't even realize it, causing us to act and think and talk in ways that aren't helpful for us or for other people. They're hidden from us. We need help seeing it, sifting through it so we can get back on the path, as David writes, that leads to healing. And that path that leads to healing, uh, there's a next step. We talked about it last week, week two, reframing. God wants to help us reframe reframe the trauma in our lives. And, And part of that is God showing us how he sees that traumatic experience, how he saw it then and how he sees it now, and how he saw us then and how he sees us now. Because of trauma, we have believed lies. Lies. Specifically, Jen talked about these last week, specifically the lie that I was alone or that it was all my fault. Make sure you, you check out that message from last week if you haven't already. Reframe it. Great story, powerful story Jesse and Alan shared with us. This week we're gonna talk about the next step of healing in our trauma journey, and that is to tame it, to tame it. Now trauma has often been likened to a tiger, which makes sense, Uh, especially there's more intense trauma experiences, trauma responses. It can feel like you're being chased by a tiger. You've gone into fight or flight mode. And it can literally feel, I have felt this. Some of you have felt this like you're being chased by wild beasts. So it's a helpful metaphor in that sense, but it's also a helpful metaphor in this sense. That tigers can be tamed. How do you tame a tiger? Very carefully. Very carefully. Taming a tiger takes great care, it takes great courage, it takes great skill. But they can be tamed over time. Maybe never fully. Siegfried and Roy remember that story of a few years back where they were master handlers of tigers, but something went off and the tiger got pretty wild for a moment. So maybe never fully, but over time, tigers can be tamed. And the same is true of trauma. The tiger of trauma can be tamed in our lives over time through great care and great courage and skill that, that we can access through other people who have developed those skills and also God can equip us with those skills over time. We can tame the tiger of trauma. Name it, reframe it, tame it. And so for the rest of this message, I want to talk about three key ingredients to taming the tiger of trauma in our lives. And the first one is prayer plus. Prayer plus. And this has dual meaning, starting with prayer. Just prayer, period. Prayer is so essential, so critical, so important when it comes to our healing journey and taming trauma in our lives. Prayer is is a constant. Every one of us is going to have a different healing journey. We're, We're going to need to access different resources based on our unique journey. Those will vary, but prayer is the constant. It's fixed. Prayer is how we access the supernatural the supernatural power of God, the supernatural wisdom of God, the supernatural revelation of God, direction, guidance, strength. Prayer is how we access it. If if prayer isn't part of the healing equation for us, then we are limited by our natural wisdom and strength and, and we'll never get as far down the road in our healing journey as we would 
would otherwise, prayer. One of my hope for outcomes in this series is that, that this series would lead you to pray more, that, that it would stir up, energize your prayer life. You, you would turn to God with whatever big T or little T trauma is being stirred up. You'd say, God, I need your help with this. I need to tap into your supernatural presence in my life. And, and then it would also, I, I would hope and desire that it would lead to you praying with others more, that, that each one of you would ask someone to pray for you as a result of this series over what's ever been stirred up. Maybe a family member, a friend, a spouse, a kid. I've had my kids pray for me at times. That's so powerful. Or we'd love to pray for you. Would you let us know how we can pray for you? A prayer, prayer page on our website. Let us know how we can be praying for you. So prayer is so essential. But prayer plus is the second part I want to talk. Plus. There are times when prayer by itself isn't enough. Can a pastor say that? <laughs> I did. And hear me, it's prayer by itself. Prayer alone. We're talking about prayer plus. Sometimes the answers to our prayers are the resources that God has made available to us that are right in front of us. If we just look up and, and see how he's answering our prayers. It reminds me of that story of people who are stranded on a desert island and they're praying to be rescued and then a boat shows up and they say, we're here to rescue and the people on the island say, no, we're, we're waiting for God to rescue us. And then a helicopter flies over, throws down a lifeline. We're here to rescue you. Oh, that's okay. Send, send, you can pull the rope back up. We're waiting for God to rescue us. Sometimes God is Sending the boat, sending the helicopter, that is the answer to our prayers to be rescued, the resources in front of us. And we just need to pause here for a moment because the church has, has done some damage over the years in, in this area. Has even caused some trauma in the area of trauma by telling people who have experienced trauma, you know, you just, you just don't have enough faith. faith. That's, not where, that's why you're not being healed. Or just pray more, just white knuckle prayer more and eventually you'll be healed. Now hear me. More faith is good. More prayer is good. But sometimes the answers to our prayers are those resources that God has made available. And we do damage by saying, you know, it's just because you don't have enough faith or because you haven't prayed enough. I know people who have plenty of faith and have prayed for decades but still need help beyond that. The help that God has made possible. All healing is God healing and he's made those resources available. So if you've been hurt by the church in that way, or if you carry some trauma from the church and some, for some other reason, just hear me. Truly, the Christian church, if, they, if you've been wounded by the church, I'm sorry. It wasn't God's heart. It wasn't his intention. That's not who he is. And he wants to show you how present he is with you and how he wants to bring you back to that road that leads to him. Now, at the same time, miraculous healings do happen. Right? Instantaneous healings do happen sometimes. We've seen them. We, we've experienced them at Hosanna. I just heard of a story from one of our campus pastors the other day of someone being instantane instantaneously healed. So it does happen. And we will never stop praying for that to happen. I wish it happened all the time. But most of the time, most of the time, healing, miraculous healing is a process in which we take advantage of, of all the resources that God has made available to us. We've talked about some of those resources that God is sending our way, like talking to somebody, certainly talking to a friend or a family member, and then 
for many of us, and, you, and you've even heard me say this, if you've been around Hosanna for any length of time, I think everyone could afford to go through some counseling at some point in their life, some professional care, the skills that they bring to help us see what's going on inside of us in ways we can't otherwise see. I've done this throughout my journey. Most recently, I've experienced a therapy called EMDR. And EMDR actually reprograms or rewires our neural pathways so that we respond less out of a trauma response and more out of a, a place of peace and knowing that we're safe. And so I would encourage you uh, to pursue that step. Then we have Sozo, an inner healing ministry. We talked about this week one too, but listen to someone who recently went through Sozo, the experience that he had, said, I have never felt God's presence like I did in Sozo. I have prayed and had one-way conversations before, but I have never sensed him so close to me, like I was taking a walk with him. Being able to forgive myself and all my shame as a man was unbelievably freeing. I cannot express how life-changing Sozo was for me. It's a pretty ri loud, ringing endorsement of Sozo, our inner healing ministry. And then sometimes, sometimes medical intervention is necessary to help heal the disruption of trauma in our lives. Another unfortunate stigma in the church is around taking medication for mental health issues. These false messages of, well, that's a cop-out or that's a sign of weakness. It's not true. Not any more than, than seeking medical help, receiving medical help for diabetes or cancer or a broken leg. The brain is part of our body and sometimes medication is needed to help heal, to help tame the disruption of trauma in our lives, short-term or even long-term. So God has provided resources for healing. And, and it's prayer plus. Prayer is the constant. And then the resources and the experiences are going to vary based on our unique journeys. But we all need some help when it comes to the day-to-day -day traumas in our lives. Right, those experiences where we get activated and, and we get revved up and, and our amygdala flips and we go into fight or flight mode. And whether it's some kind of panic response or, or maybe even for people who struggle with road rage. Hey, some of you do. There's something more going on there. And we need to pay attention to our bodies. Uh, the first week of the series, we talked about the fight or flight response. Pay attention to that, what's going on in your bodies. And, and then also those four A words of anger, anxiety, aloofness, and arrogance are all signs that we've gone into this activated place. And over the years, I've picked up some brain hacks, some ways of, of tr tricking or kind of tipping your brain in a different direction from out of that um, sympathetic response in our brains to, to more of a parasympathetic where we're calming down and relaxing. And I wanna just mention these quickly because they're helpful for all of us. The first brain hack is to change your temperature, specifically to bring it, bring it down. Because when that happens, it lowers your heart rate. When you're activated and in a trauma response, fight or flight, your, your heart rate increases. So you bring it down by, by exposing yourself to colder temperatures. Maybe throw some cold water on your face. I've even heard of, if the response is really intense, you can put your face in a, a, a bowl of ice water. So if you walk in the room and your spouse has his or her face in a bowl of ice water, be compassionate, right? But seriously, and, and living in Minnesota has its advantages this way, right? And any time of the year, you can find a cold temperature. 
middle of winter, you go outside. I've done that. In spring or fall, you can jump in any lake pretty much. It'll be cold and shock your system back into baseline. Or if it's summer, you can go up north and jump in a lake up there. Change the temperature. Another one is to be active. Be active. When we exercise, it releases endorphins. It it sends messages to our our, our brains and our bodies. It's going to be okay. The other night, I was starting to get a little worked up. I said, Jen, I need to go for a run. So I did. She understood. And I went for a run, just pounded it in the pavement. Felt so much better. Another one is to be mindful. Or a popular way of talking about this these days is mindfulness. Be mindful. Wait, isn't that new agey? It's actually actually biblically agey. Paul in Philippians 4 talks about it this way. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Be mindful of other things. The impact of trauma, our trauma response causes our, our brains to see the world as small and dark, like we're in a cave but we can, over time, retrain our brains and practice being mindful of other things, of that big, brighter world out there. Say, look, look for something beautiful. Look for something new that I haven't seen before or something that I can be grateful for. Be mindful. And then last, the last one is exhale. Breathing. God designed our bodies and long exhales. Tell our sympathetic nervous system to, to kind of slow down, relax. Let's just practice that right now. Long exhale, at least eight seconds, all right? In. Relax. So some tips, some brain hacks for dealing with those day-to-day moments where we get activated into a trauma-like response. Short-term solutions. But lastly, I want to talk about the only way we can experience long-term healing and trauma or anything in our lives. The, The ingredient that has to be present if we're ultimately going to tame the tiger of trauma in our lives and experience healing is perfect love. Perfect love. John One of the apostles writes in the New Testament, the perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear and a sense of threats and trauma response. Perfect love. Well, where does perfect love come come from? John also writes that, that God is love, that love is his essence. It's who he is. And he expresses this love. John writes that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave this gift of love. And that son grew up to say this, greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is God's expression of perfect love. And Jesus does lay down his life for you and for me. Say, this is what perfect love looks like and you can experience it. In the book of Revelation, that's alluded to in other parts of the Bible, but John also wrote book of Revelation and he calls Jesus the Lion of Judah. Jesus, the perfect expression of God's perfect love is the Lion who has come. And we've known this since we were kids, right? Lions always beat the tigers. They always defeat the tigers. 
And so when the lion of Judah comes, when the lion of Judah roars, the tigers have to flee, the tigers of trauma and threat and, and fear. The, the roar of this lion, which is a roar of love that is beyond description, beyond comprehension, without condition, sends the tigers turning the other way. And it's the perfect love of Jesus that it causes things to turn. We can begin to peer out from, from our caves and see that there's a big, brighter world out there and get back on the road that leads to him, the healing from our trauma. This is my story. When I was 20 years old, I had hit rock bottom and lots of struggles with anxiety and, and trauma-related issues and and so in a hospital room for inpatient treatment, the counselor I was seeing had me sit down on the floor. He said, I want you to see things from a different perspective, from a different level. And he put a mirror in front of me and he began to help me see myself and love myself the way that God sees me and loves me. Things began to turn and then that night I, I went to bed peace in my heart like I hadn't experienced before, but there was more. Multiple times throughout the night, I heard these words, I love you. God's audible voice, the one and only time I've heard it, his audible voice that clearly, but it was clear, I love you. And that was a turning point for me in my journey with anxiety and, and trauma Emotional struggles, it, it was the beginning of a journey, knowing his perfect love. And it's a journey I've been on for 26 years with that as the basis and that as the source every step of the way, taking advantage of all the healing resources that God has made possible, one step at a time, taming trauma a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for all of you. I want you to know how deep and how wide and how long and how far and how infinite God's love for you is. Do you know how much he loves you? Hear the roar of the lion. It's a roar of love. And it sends the tigers turning the other way. And I hope that as you increasingly experience his love for you, in Jesus Christ, that you would also take steps of healing, one step at a time. What is it going to be for you, whether it's a big T trauma or a little T trauma? Prayer plus, I hope you do receive prayer as a result of this. But maybe it's taking advantage of one of the resources I talked about. And by the way, if cost is an issue, finances are an issue for, for you, any of that, would you let us know? We wanna see what we can do to help, to get you connected, or help you get the support you need. Right, maybe it's attending that, that webinar and, and, and learning more about trauma. Or maybe it's taking that first and all-important all step to say yes to Jesus and his perfect love for you. Let us know if that's a step you're taking today. Let us know on our website. But I hope you all take this next step. In fact, we're all gonna take this next step as I close this message. And that is to hear these words from Psalm 139 personalize them. David is talking about describing God's love for him, God's affection for him. Personalize these words. Every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious 
and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for loving us with a perfect love that casts out all fear. Help us to see and love ourselves the way you see and love us. Bring healing to our lives like only you can. And may we increasingly see and live in that bigger, brighter world out there as we return to the path that leads to you. In the perfect and loving name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So glad you joined us for Church at Home this week. Make sure you check out the questions that'll be up at the end of the service for continued reflection and discussion. And make sure you join us next week as we kick off a new series called Gifted about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. But before you go, receive this ancient blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.